Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Extra time. Kia ora and welcome to Extra Time. I'm Ravinda Hunia. Will he or won't he? Roger Tuivasa Sheik's move to rugby has been the talk of the week. Despite the denials, RNZ understands Tuivasa Sheik, the Warriors skipper, is on his way to rugby next year. With us now is our rugby reporter, Joe Porter. Joe, what's the situation with the Warriors star? Well, there's been plenty of denials this week from the Warriors, New Zealand Rugby and Tuivasa Sheik's agent Bruce Sharrock that he's not in discussions with the NZR and there's nothing done yet about heading to rugby. However, I am aware that several of the Warriors' senior players know that Roger is very keen to make the switch to rugby next year and his agent has had informal discussions with the New Zealand Rugby Union or NZR. However, nothing formal yet. The NZR were quick to stamp that uh, rumour, I suppose, or speculation down and the Warriors adamant they're going to be able to keep him if they can and and no sort of contract engagements have been entered into yet but we know his desire to come back and play for the chase of his All Blacks dream and come back and give Rugby Union a crack. He said that ever since he signed with the Roosters back in 2011. He was a former schoolboys rugby star or Tahuhu College as well as the schoolboys New Zealand team so we know his desire is there. It would be a tough ask to come back next year only giving himself a provincial season and a super season essentially to have a crack at the All Blacks 2019 World Cup squad. So the timing is a little bit off. He's 24 years old, so if he didn't come next year, the next World Cup would be, he'd be 30, so he'd be getting perhaps a little bit old to come over. Money is another issue. He commands quite a decent salary in, in the National Rugby League, reports around $850,000 a year. It would be hard for him to earn that much coming over to rugby, unless he went, of course, to European or English rugby. I can expect, despite the denials that we can hear an announcement from probably the middle of the year or onwards, that he is coming to rugby in 2019. And Joe, New Zealand rugby has lost one of its top coaches with the Hurricanes' Chris Boyd off to English club Northampton. Having led the Canes to their maiden title in 2016, is this a growing concern for New Zealand rugby? Yeah, we've always talked about the player drain before in New Zealand rugby, and of course everyone knows about that. Fringe All Blacks and others who have not quite made it who are potentially destined for higher honours, choosing now to go overseas earlier and make hay while the sun shines, strike while their price is at the highest, so to speak. People like James Lowe, mm. winger for the Chiefs, really good players on the cusp of all-black selection, but they've decided to cut ties early and go. And you can see guys like Aaron Cruden going earlier in their careers than they would have used to because they know they can make a million bucks a year in the prime of their career. And now we're talking about coaches. Chris Boyd, the latest to head offshore, and... Some frustration from him and I guess the lack of pathways from a Super Rugby coach to any higher honours in New Zealand. Although, let's be honest, there's only five Super Rugby coaches and what's next? The All Blacks coach, right? So I find that complaint a little bit off. However, he's probably right in the sense that 
a lot of the intellectual property and a lot of these coaches' skills get taken offshore and lost to New Zealand rugby. You do wonder if a, a little bit of sour grapes, because he's a super rugby coach who's won a title and has done it for a few years, and perhaps a little off from Chris Boyd there, but again, a big loss to New Zealand rugby, and it's something that the NZR will have to look at, because they are losing a lot of intellectual property and a lot of top coaches overseas. What about the comments? He hasn't spoken to All Blacks coach Steve Hansen in three years. Yeah, well, that was probably the biggest bombshell of, of the whole 20-minute teleconference that Chris Boyd did with media the other day. It was kind of an off-the-cuff co- uh, off the cuff comment that no one really expected. And it would seem a bit strange that the All Blacks head coach hasn't had any contact whatsoever with the Hurricanes head coach in three years, especially considering you know, the moves around Julian Savier, mm. the Barrett brothers as well. So while he may not have spoken directly to Hansen, and well, I, I think that's probably... Uh, a stretch of imagination there. I think they have spoken. Many thanks to rugby reporter Joe Porter. Dame Valerie Adams heads a 15-strong New Zealand athletics team named for the Gold Coast Commonwealth Games in April. Adams is a two-time Olympic gold medalist and will be chasing her fourth consecutive Commonwealth Games shot put gold, but her selection is conditional on competing at the national champs. She has only recently returned to training after giving birth to her first child, and the Games are likely to be her last international competition. Clay Wilson caught up with the shot putting dame and new mum. Being a mum is the best title I've ever I've, I've ever received, and um, it's, it's hectic, it's hard, it's um, all of the above, but I wouldn't change it for the world. You know, athletics and, and my, my career has become secondary to, to being a mum to my little girl, so that's been um, awesome because it's helped me balance life out a little bit better now. Yeah. yeah. So how does it compare with life as an athlete, being, being a mother? Oh, so much harder. Like, I would, like, like honestly, I've trained the last 20 years, you know, high level and competed at Olympic Games, World Champs. Being a mum is so much harder than any of that, than, than anything I've ever done in my life. And I don't think anything really prepares you for, for being a mum, for becoming a mum, until you become a mother. Yeah. 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 So, and what is it, do you think it's done for you, for your, I guess, your training and, you know, getting into that? How has it made it different being a, an athlete and a mum rather than just an athlete? Um, to be honest, it's really, um, you know, made me stronger mentally but also showed me just how important um, life is in general, you know. Uh, athletics is a very small part of my life now and being a mum is the most important part of my life and it actually gives me a really good balance um, between training and, and, and being a mum and, and just general life because, you know, I have to get to training, I have to do what i got to do because... Then I gotta go, you know. I gotta think of things like, you know, pumping milk between sessions and feeding times, and you know, waking up at night time when she's grizzly or when she wakes up for a feed and all the rest of it. And then you gotta come the next day and and be the best you can be at training. So you know, so much has changed. But as you do as as, as we do as humans, I guess as mothers, you just adapt to the situation and you and you carry on with it. People tell me that I'm a little bit crazy for doing this and training full time and also trying to look after a baby. But to be honest, I couldn't have done it without the help of, of my um, of my mother-in-law. She's been amazing. She looks after the baby during the day while I'm here at training. Um, it took me a little while to, to leave her at home though because I missed her so much. But this is only the second week I've done it. Um, every other time she's actually come to training with me, then I feed in between. Then I go back to training. Then I feed in between, and then we go back home. So it's it's a bit different, but I love it. I love yeah. every moment of it. Yeah. Was there ever a doubt in your mind? Would you, do you think you're always going to come back You know, when you knew, found out you were pregnant and you were going to have your first child? Well, no, because right throughout my pregnancy I kept training um, because I wanted to, to give myself the best possible chance to come back for the Commonwealth sure. Games. So I put myself in a really you know, good position to, to, to be able to come back a, as quick as I have. Um, we didn't know what we were you know, getting ourselves into. We didn't know how we were going to perform, didn't know how my body was going to be, how I was going to be mentally, physically, emotionally. But it's all worked out so far. And um, you know, I couldn't have asked for a better transition than, than what we're getting right now. 
so what's your preparation going to involve? I guess you haven't competed for a while, so no. you're sort of working back up to a competition for the for the first time in a while. So so what are you focusing on? Events, that sort of thing. Yeah, well, so we have our first competition will be nationals, March March ninth, and down in Hamilton. So that's what we're training for at the moment. Um, I haven't competed in eighteen months, uh, so you know that's a very very long time for me. But yeah. in saying that, I'm going to do everything possible that when we get to nationals, I'll be in the best shape I could be um, on that day, heading towards the you know to the, the Commonwealth Games. You know, I'm doing everything in my power right now to make sure that come Com Games, come the 9th of March, that I am in the best shape possible. Have you set a goal for yourself? Obviously, you're the three-time defending champion well, of the Commonwealth Games. To be honest, I, I have set goals for myself, but we want to go out there and, and see what, you know, whatever happens will happen. Right. We don't know. I don't know, but I do have goals. You know, obviously, I have to have goals because I'm a very goal-orientated person, but, you know, we have things in place to be able to get to Com Games and do the best we can for New Zealand and to be, you know, we're, we're the, the firm, loud and proud. Mm. Yeah. I guess it'll, it'll be just a great experience to be back out there representing again after such, you know, you've probably been pretty full on throughout your career just competing yeah. and competing. Yeah, but I don't really compete to compete, do I? <laughs> I'm not really known for that. So, yeah. you know, I, I, I want to go out there and, and I, I said, you know, do some damage, but the work's got to be done before that and I'm sure. giving myself the best, the, the best chance to do that. So, you know, as I say, whatever happens, the Com Games happens. After the Com Games, have, yeah. you, have you looked forward no, from there? No, Com Games is my focus, and that's it. I, I cannot. Like, I have a baby, a new, not a newborn anymore, but I have a little baby. I got full time, full time training. I have a family. My mind isn't that. Um, isn't that incredible to try and think about many other things? That, but you know, I'm going to get to Com Games, and I will reassess. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, at the games, I imagine you're going to have your, your wee baby yeah, daughter, yeah, daughter with you. So, what do you expect Absolutely. that's going to be like at, at, a, at such a high level competition, having a wee baby daughter with you? It's going to be different, but I know I'm excited for her to see her mum compete. You know, and you know, I draw inspiration and motivation from her. And I think, um, you know, if I see her, you know, just watching me from the from, from the stands, it's going to be a special moment. Dame Val Adams talking to Clay Wilson. Nolene Thodua says she knows how to beat the Aussies. The former Waikato Bay of Plenty Magic coach who led the Sunshine Coast Lightning to success in the new domestic Australian competition has expressed her disappointment with the Silver Ferns flagging fortunes after yet another loss to Australia in the recent quad series. With the Commonwealth Games just a couple of months away, the Silver Ferns have been heavily criticised and any hope of winning gold on the Gold Coast now seems forlorn. Thaurua, who helped Diamonds coach Lisa Alexander prepare her side for the quad series, was disappointed with what she saw from the Silver Ferns. At the moment, it is probably not, it's not looking good. But, you know, one thing that I know about New Zealand is if we are in the right space at the right time, uh, we will do anybody. And, you know, I still remain strong on that belief. How much input did you have into Australia's preparations for quad series, if any? We work closely with uh, Lisa and her coaching staff. We share a lot, but also preparation for them going into international games, really looking at the different types of defence they will come up against. And, you know, obviously that's also including New Zealand. Mm. And then uh, sorting out possible strategies and then what that needs to look like out on court. It's interesting looking at them more in depth and probably being on this side because I can see the gaps and because I sort of have a clearer understanding of how players play and their style and how they train. There's definitely gaps or definitely areas of weakness that they can be exposed in. 
but it's probably really looking at your own game, the level of performance, the standards that you set both on and off court. I was talking to Nolene Taurua. The returning Blacksticks Hockey International, Anita McLaren, says she never expected to take so much time off from the sport. McLaren's been named in the New Zealand squad for a five-test series in Buenos Aires next month. She's the side's all-time leading goalscorer, having played 247 tests, but told me she simply needed to get away from the sport in wake of the Rio Olympics, where they had to settle for fourth yet again. It was an easy decision in terms of I just wanted to have a bit of a break. It was a very stressful year and then summing up coming forth, it was, I just I just needed some time. Um, I didn't expect to have this long off, but I'm very grateful to now be given another chance and to um, get back out there. The Commonwealth Games, it's a big draw card to come back to the side. Did you approach the Black Six to return or did they approach you? Obviously, Com Games and we've got our World Cup later in the year as well. That's a huge draw card. But if they went on, I would still be in the same situation. It's, it's not about those. It's about getting back for me. I felt unfinished. I said I wanted a break, not to retire. And I freshened up and now I'm, I've got that hunger back and I yeah, want to give back to my, give, get back out there. I think I've got a lot to give. How has it been coming back into the fold and becoming match fit or staying match fit? I'm probably in the best shape of my life, strength-wise, fitness, pure body injury prevention-wise. I think I'm in, in good in good form, which is ideal for at my age. I need to keep injury-free, which is obviously tougher the older you get. You can't replicate match fitness. I've definitely felt when we've played a few warm-up practice games and different things, I'm slightly unfit and unable to handle things. But, you know, you keep fighting and, you know, it's uncomfortable, but eventually it comes back to you. And I very much know how much effort and how hard a test match actually is. Have you noticed many changes since coming back? There's a few things that I'm sort of, I was quite surprised at that one I could do and I was like, I could never do that before. (laughs) I think just the mentality that I have now and, you know, things are a lot slower but older, you know, Mm. (laughs) just thinking things through and I think it should complement my game once I get my touch and everything back. It's like I've never left, which is really refreshing and I really enjoy it. It's it's so much fun out there with them and then it's also with the new younger girls that I've never played with. It's learning, it's um, refreshing as well. Keep me on my toes, that's for sure. I've got to chase them around. I'm like, just stand still. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, they've got some their own little things that they bring to the group, which Mm. is exciting and I'm just learning how each of them play. Do you fancy your chances of, of another medal at the Commonwealth Games? First of all, my goal is to get selected. That's obviously the first thing before I get too ahead of myself. Um, You know, if I'm one of the lucky few to get picked to go and represent New Zealand at the Commonwealth Games for my my third one, you know, obviously we'll be fighting for gold, um, striving for the gold. I don't think anyone's going there to not get the gold medal. Women's Black Sticks midfielder Anita McLaren. The Cleveland Indians will remove the grinning Chief Wahoo logo from the uniforms beginning in the 2019 season, the baseball team said on Monday, in a bow to critics who have long assailed the image as a racist Native American caricature. The decision, which could raise pressure on other US sports teams to abandon similar imagery, came after a year of discussions between the Indians and Major League Baseball. The ABC's Angus Randall reports. He's a bright red, wide-smiling Native American man with a feather in his headband, 
and he's dubbed Chief Wahoo by Cleveland Indians fans. But his time is up. Joel Barkin is a spokesman for the Change the Mascot campaign. You know, we're told that sports are supposed to be, professional sports supposed to be a unifying thing for a community, bring people together. Uh, and this has not been unifying. Every major Native American organization, among many others, has said that symbols like Chief Wahoo and the Washington team name are offensive and have no place in in modern society. The Major League Baseball organization recommended removing Chief Wahoo following a year of dialogue with Native American groups and after years of opposition to any change, this time the Cleveland Indians relented. From 2019, Chief Wahoo will disappear from its team uniforms. However, there will still be merchandise featuring the Chief for sale at the team's home stadium and fans won't be discouraged from wearing the logo at games. Joel Barkin from Change the Mascot feels the idea of banning the mascot on field, but keeping it in the stands doesn't add up. He predicts the caricature will slowly disappear. There will be, of course, people who say, well, I'm going to keep wearing it because, you know, it's not offensive to me, right? But our experience has been there's a larger group of people that say once they understand uh, that there are real people that are offended by this and, and, and that's humanized on a real level, that, you know, they'll think twice about, you know, do you want your children wearing something that you know is offensive. The logo has been around in some form since 1947, and not all fans are happy about the change. They spoke to local news site cleveland.com. I think it's a terrible decision to get rid of the chief. been a Cleveland fan for 55 years and lived in this city for my whole life. And uh, go Tribe, Wahoo. Chief Wahoo should remain because he's been around such a long time, and he's actually just a caricature. He doesn't mean any harm to anybody. The whole theory behind the uh, Cleveland Indians was to what our Native Americans were here. And uh, I kind of think by putting it away, uh, people kind of forget about them and that they were the originals here. Um, that's my take. I think by burying them, it, uh, burying the Indian, buries a, a piece of the Indian tradition. For the time being, the new logo is likely to show a stylized C and there are no plans to change the team's name. However, there is an ongoing campaign to scrap the name of National Football League team, the Washington Redskins. Team owner Dan Snyder says he has no plans to cave in to those demands. He argues the name and history of the team highlights Native American culture. But Joel Barkin from Change the Mascot warns Cleveland's decision now leaves Washington isolated. It is a term that is used to describe the skin colour. It is a term that you can go back and has been historically documented to have been used against Native people as they were being thrown off their lands and having their uh, scalps sold. It is uh, a blatantly racist term and has no place in today's societies. More and more, it just puts the Washington team you know, in a predicament where it has to decide which side of history it wants to be on. Joel Barkin from Change the Mascot, ending that report from Angus Randall. And that brings to the end of Extra Time for another week. Remember, if you wish to contact us, you can email us at sport at radionz.co.nz and check us out on Twitter at RNZ Sport. I'm Ravinda Hunia. Bye for now. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, 
a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.